Welcome into From the Nosebleeds. Some of you may have listened to us before. We originally started this show two years ago. We're now back, and uh, we're planning on making this a weekly show. This time around, though, instead of kind of, we had a broad view of what we were focusing on before. This time around, we're going to focus strictly on the Titans. We're going to give you guys the true fans' perspective and analysis on all things Titans. Uh, Tonight's topic, we're going to kind of talk about why we as Titans fans continue to put our faith and kind of wear our hearts on our sleeves in regards to the Titans when this team has done nothing but break our heart and uh, (laughs) disappoint us over the past few years. Uh, Just to kind of introduce ourselves, uh, my name's Darren Hobbs. Um, Go to MTSU and going to make a career out of this, hopefully. My co-host, Trey, we've been best friends since uh, high school. And uh, we hope to give you guys good quality content. Uh, Trey, what's up? Uh, Nothing much. Trying to keep it real in Johnson City. Yeah. Yeah, we are recording this uh, from different locations right now. Trey's out in Johnson City going to ETSU, finishing up his uh, school year. And uh, I'm here in Murfreesboro going to MTSU, like I said. Um, But enough about us. Let's get into the show tonight. Uh, Trey, you saw the game this weekend. What would you think? Um, I mean, it started off pretty much like the typical Titans season has in the past three years. I mean, we look super solid. And then just this year, we didn't win our home op- we didn't win our home opener. We lost it horribly because in the second half, we just we just didn't come to play. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Kim Wisenhunt fan at all. Let me go ahead and put that out there. But one <laughs> I don't thing think that a lot man of people were to be honest. <laughs> no, one thing that man was good at was winning a freaking home opener. <laughs> if you gave that man six months to prepare for a football game, by damn, he was gonna win that shit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh. I mean, like you said, though, the first half, I mean, I think we all kind of came into this season with a lot of question marks. I mean, we haven't really seen – I mean, we saw Malarkey last year, but he was coaching with Ken Wisenhunt's staff. He had a whole off season. This is him and John Robinson's uh, first – disp- Yeah, but yeah, the love, that's a good word for it. I mean, we, they completely overhauled the rosters. rosters. I think it's over 50% new players on this roster. So this is really a completely different team from what you saw last year. Different team, different staff, different GM, uh, different everything basically except ownership. Um, different uh, – well, actually, it's the same feeling of the spare after the first game. So. Yeah, no. So, But, yeah, like I said, so you're coming into this game, and I, I really had no expectations. I liked the matchup, especially – Especially the fact that we're facing Sean Hill. I mean, it's terrible what happened to Teddy Bridgewater, but I mean, anytime you get to face a career backup, it's it's good news for your team. Um, I, th- I thought we opened the game great. I mean, the running game looked solid as it did all preseason. Marcus was making smart decisions, even on even on plays where we weren't getting any yards, where he was just throwing the ball away. I mean, it looked good. He was making good decisions. Um, going to the half, up ten nothing. I think that's pretty much as good as you can ask for in the first half. And then we came out in the second half and it, it's like one team entered the locker room and another team came out because offensively that was not the same team that we watched in the first half. Marcus looked flustered. He made a numerous bad decisions. I mean, he, he took credit for the first fumble in the exchange between him and DeMarco on the read option. He said he was trying to keep the ball and it, the ball just slipped or whatever, but I mean that he took credit for him and not, and I've gone back and watched the play and that fumble was on Marcus Mariota. He's got to do better there. The interception was terrible. Um, somebody, uh, Harry Douglas missed a block, which 
kind of let the pressure get into Marcus, and he threw the pick. They got returned for a touchdown. Then you have DeMarco fumbling. So, I mean, this this loss is on the offense, if you ask me. I mean, the defense didn't allow a single touchdown. They're one of two teams in the NFL this week that didn't allow an, the opposing team to score a touchdown. We yeah, only I give think, up 12 um, points think... to Blair Walsh, and we lose the game. Yeah, I think more. I think more than likely, um, Ken Wisenhunt came in and did like the Hamburglar, and like kidnapped John Robinson and Mike Malarkey. He's like, "All right, guys, this is my team again." And then, yeah, came out and just. I've literally, I've been trying to find explanations, and I really just can't. But I mean, whatever. I mean, it, it's Wednesday. That that game's done. Well, I'm gonna put that game in the past. We got the Lions this week who, honestly, uh, I'm really – I don't know what to expect. I mean, they lost to the Colts, yeah, but Andrew Luck – I mean, Andrew Luck is back. Let me just go ahead and put this on the record. Andrew Luck is going to murder this division. <laughs> he is going to murder this division if he can stay healthy. I mean, he just torched Detroit. But, I mean, Matthew Stafford, he, he put up one hell of a fight. I mean, that was a good game if you got to see it. That was back and forth. Those offenses look great. So, I mean, the Titans this week, we're going to have to put points on the board if we're going to compete with Detroit. I don't think we're going to be able to hold Detroit uh, touchdownless this week. Yeah, so. I think it's just going to be a matter of keeping ourselves composed, um, playing as a unit, uh, making sure DeMarco keeps the ball in his hands, making sure that – well, for one – uh, making sure Marcus doesn't make stupid passes because that in, that interception that he threw uh, this last weekend was just a stupid pass. He shouldn't have passed it. He should have just taken the, the loss of the down and taken the, the yards. But he just tried – I guess it's just the, he's trying to make a play out of nothing, right? Yeah, and I mean – to be fair, I mean, it is still his second year. He's still young. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not crucifying the guy or anything, but, I mean, I guess we can all agree that it wasn't the best decision to do, but like we said, I mean, it is his only, his only second year. Yeah, what I'm looking for is, I mean, like I said, he owned up and he took credit for the fumble and obviously the interception. And you want you kind of want to see that in your quarterback. You want to see him kind of take the blame and say, that's on me, I've got to be better. But also, you don't want that to be a recurring theme where he's just constantly taking blame. You want him to make yeah, a mistake. You want him to be a, big enough of a man to own up to his own mistakes, but at the same time, you don't want him to be a, I don't know, lack of a better word, a girl. No, no not necessarily that. I just, I don't, I want him to learn from the mistake and let it not happen again. Like, I think one of the things. Um, trying to relate this to uh, Taylor Lewan in his first couple his first season he had a really big problem with uh penalties he was getting holding penalties and personal foul penalties multiple times a game and then at the end of the game he'd say yeah that's on me I gotta get better I gotta I gotta limit that I have to be more disciplined and then next week it'd be the same thing and then yeah. he'd come back in the locker room and say yeah that's my bad I gotta be more disciplined I gotta be better and it was just a broken record so at some point you got to stop saying it's my fault, and you got to start fixing it on the field. Yeah. So that's just what I, I'm not saying. I'm worried about Marcus fixing it. I think he will. I'm just saying I don't want, I don't want every week in the locker room to be Marcus saying, "Yeah, that interception was my bad. Yeah, that fumble was my bad. We got to, we got to do better." I want him to and actually then, be better. Yeah, and then there's no progress. Exactly. But um, 
kind of like we were saying in the beginning. So you go into that first half, and I think that's, I mean, we left a couple points on the board in the first half, but overall, I mean, that was a great half. I mean, I was watching that, and I was jacked up. I mean, DeMarco and Derrick Henry looked great. Tajay Sharp looked great. Let me go ahead and highlight him. He had a great game. And what was a bad game overall for the offense? Tajay Sharp went out and thus far has proved that the hype that he had in training camp in the preseason is legit. Yeah, something like how... seven receptions for like 73 yards or something like that, right? Yeah, and every every pass that was thrown to him, he caught. I mean, he's got this ridiculous stat from – I mean, he came out of UMass. He's a four-year starter. And in four years at UMass, he has three drops. Three that's drops. Insane. So that's one thing this man like, – you throw this guy the ball, he's going to catch it. You put it anywhere near him where it's going to be – where it's a catchable pass, he's going to catch it. Um, and that's what the Titans need. And to get this guy in the fifth round – um, hats off to John Robinson. Um, John Robinson is my spirit animal. I'll go <laughs> ahead and say that. Um, but like I said, so you, you come into this first half, you don't know what's happening. And then you, uh, as you watch the game progress, you, you can see it's kind of like a roller coaster. We're kind of going up, 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 up to the peak in the second half. And it's just a freaking pitfall. Um, so tonight's topic is kind of why we as fans keep, like, I, I was texting you earlier, and I mean, it's it's like there's so many aspects of which this is um, this applies. Like we buy into the hype each week in games, like in game like that. Like I came in with no expectations, I was not expecting us to win, and then and then first half goes good. I get I get a little cocky. I'm like, oh wow, wow, this is really good, and then bam, they rip the rug right out from underneath me. Yep. And then it's been like that in previous seasons before, too, where it's like, wow, you're going in the season, you think we got a chance, you think it's going to be different, and then nope, they ripped the rug right from, right off from our view. Uh, I mean, we we kind of did a little research and we put together this timeline, because uh, I was trying to think of the last time as a Titans fan that I was like, I was like, wow, like you went into the season confident and they didn't let you down. And I'll be honest, we had to go way back. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I'm like, like if we're talking about like true success, I think you've got to go back to Steve McNair. But we went back, to, we went all the way back ten years ago to 2006 um, when we drafted Vince Young. Um, I mean, this is this is way back. I mean, we finished eight and eight that season. That that's <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. We went back, we went all the way back to 2006. And if you were to tell me that the Titans were going to finish eight and eight this year, I'd be elated. Like oh, eight, yeah. eight and eight sounds great. We used to whine and complain about eight and eight, seven yeah. and nine, nine and seven all the time when Fisher was the coach. And I mean, if you go if you go back and you look, I mean, you go and look at the records, and that's pretty much what it was. It was eight and eight, it was seven and nine, or it was nine and seven almost every year. At least, like at least he's at least the guy was consistent. <laughs> um, now we're consistently two and fourteen, three and thirteen, <laughs> like. Like consistently we, the last laughing yeah. stock of the NFL. Yeah, we win a game every seven games. Woo. It, we're one of those teams now that if you play um, Madden, you're like, man, I really want to play with a bad team. Like, I want to build up a bad team <laughs> exactly. like in a career. Yeah. Who should I play as? Yeah, it's like, either the Browns or the Titans. Yeah, people are like, man, I want a challenge. Yeah, well, Browns. <laughs> I, guess, I guess things could be worse. We could be Browns fans. Yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> But uh, let's let's just do a quick rundown of this of this timeline one, here. One one quick tidbit. I heard something about the fact that the Browns haven't won a home opener in like thirty years or something like that. Yeah, you could pretty much throw out any stat about the Browns being awful, and I'd believe it. Um, like 
Yeah, that sucks, but I'm really not that surprised. Like they're a terrible franchise through and through. <laughs> I think they've just accepted it as like a way of life. Like if they were to be good, they would I don't even think the fans would feel right. Like I don't even think they can cheer for themselves. Like I think they just enjoy losing. Yeah, like they just all have uh um paper bags in their cars just ready to wear them. Exactly. So they would be like really confused if they didn't have to wear them anymore. Yeah. I mean, RG3 going out and being done for the season in the first week is, like, so Cleveland Browns. It's not even funny. Well, and it's so RG3 at this point, right? True. I mean, they if the shoe fits, wear it, I guess. <laughs> um, or the sling, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but let's do a quick rundown of this timeline here. So, like I said, we went back 10 years ago, 2006. Um, that was the year that we drafted Vince Young. We finished 8-8 eight and eight that year. Um, the following year, nine and seven, made the playoffs though. So I mean, that's that's a plus. Any year you make the playoffs, that's fine. Um, even at this point, like if we were even, if we could even make it to like week, I would say week fifteen, and the Titans were mathematically like in contention for a wild card spot, I would be so happy. That's not even that hard to do to be mathematically in the race until yeah. week fifteen. Like a lot of teams can say they're like in the hunt for the playoffs in week 15. Um, you, you know what's really bad? When I would I would accept Kentucky basketball, huge Kentucky basketball fan, by the way, for the people who don't know, I would, I would accept Kentucky basketball to have a mediocre season just for the Titans to have a decent season. Yeah, and, and retrospectively, I'm a huge Alabama football fan. I mean, I, like, I enjoy our basketball team, but... Us having a mediocre season is to be expected. So, <laughs> to put it in perspective, yeah, I mean I'm a huge Bama fan, but like if you were to say that the Titans could have like a playoff run, and Alabama had to have a down year, like maybe not even make a bowl game, I, I think I'd take that deal. Like, <laughs> like I mean, yeah, sure, it's kind of cool being an Alabama football fan because even though the Titans suck, I can pretty much guarantee on one of my teams winning each week, but. I, I don't know. I'm just so much more invested in the Titans. Yeah, than... imagine imagine my football season. My football season is consistently <laughs> horrible. Yeah, moment of moment of silence for Trey's football season. <laughs> it's bad every <laughs> year. Um, but then you go like I so to continue. 2007, we go nine and seven, and we lose in the wild card uh, game to the Chargers. 2008, draft draft Chris Johnson, um, and. A lot of Titans fans remember this year. I think this this is probably the year. Like, if I was going back to a year where I was like, wow, the Titans are good, and like I was super proud to be a Titans fan, it was 2008. Uh, we finished 13 and 3, guys. Thir- not 3 and 13. 13 and 3. 13 wins. <laughs> um, we started off 10 and 0. I remember that was, this was like my, I think I was in eighth grade this year, or maybe I was a freshman in high school. But this was, we started off 10 and 0. And I just remember it was ridiculous because we had the longest winning streak in the NFL. I think the next longest was like eight games. So it was huge. Vince Young got hurt week one of that season, and he got replaced by Kerry Collins. And Kerry Collins, who pretty much until then was like a career backup. I mean, he played a little bit with the Giants as a starter. But he was nothing special. And he came in and just like lit the league on fire. Yep. Um well, and remember, this is all with His Majesty Jeff Fisher as the head coach. Yeah, this is 8-8 eight and eight Fish was the coach of the season. Um, we get a first-round playoff bye. We were so good that year. We won the division and got a bye in the first round. 
of course, we lose to the Ravens in that second-round playoff game. They were a wild-card team. We were supposed to beat them, lost by three. Um, I looked up the stats to that game, and it, <laughs> the box score is pretty telling. I mean, we had uh, 12 penalties, and we had three turnovers in the red zone. So the fact that we only lost by three is kind of mind-blowing. Um, but but still, overall, I mean, that's a great season. Like, if you tell me the Titans are going to go 13-3 this year and lose the first game of the playoffs, I'm like, fine, whatever, we meant 13-3. Yeah. <laughs> there was... It's like, we don't have a top-10 draft pick. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... Actually, there is going to be one good thing about this season. If we tank, we also get the Rams draft pick. Well, which yeah, if they look if anything they like, like they did, they did this week, yeah. I mean, on Monday, goodness, we'll gracious. have the first and second draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> then you look to the next season. Finished eight and eight. Many of you may remember the game, uh, one of the key games from this season. We went and played the Patriots in the snow in New England. Got just absolutely steamrolled 59 to nothing 50 59 to nothing like the Patriots scored 59 points like if you can just think about the amount of possessions we got from their kickoffs after they scored the fact that we couldn't even get down the field once and kick a field goal is kind of remarkable well yeah and not even not to mention you know after they scored 30 points they're putting in their backups oh yeah yeah we weren't so playing. Brady was not playing 29 that points they scored with their backups for sure exactly 2010 uh, was kind of Vince Young's meltdown season. He got he was a starter, and then he got benched, and then there was that weird gray area where he like went missing for like a day. Like, like he, yeah, it was like crazy, and I don't know. He like, went mentally insane wonder, for a Wonderlick solid stuff, season, right? Um, so we released Vince Young at <clears throat> that season. We finished the season six and ten. And this is also the season, this is pretty much where the Titans kind of turned the page on the Jeff Fisher. He wasn't fired, he didn't quit, it was just kind of like a, a mutual parting of ways. I'm pretty sure his contract was up and they just didn't renew it, I think it was one of those deals. But that's kind of the Titans turning a new leaf and saying we're going to go in a different direction, we're tired of being 7-9, and 8-8, nine, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven each year. Yeah. And since and then, hindsight, yeah, that direction was clearly down. Yeah, I mean, well, the next well, the next year was Munchak took over as head coach. So really, when you think about it, we really didn't get that far away from Jeff Fisher. Mike Mike Munchak was on the staff, um, and he just yeah. got promoted from within. Um, Rustin Webster took over as GM that year. What a great job he did! Um, <laughs> that was also the year the Jake Locker era began. We all had high hopes for that, and he's retired now which is weird after playing four seasons in the nfl um we went nine and seven that year missed the playoffs but we were in like i said we were in contention until the last week um and we just missed out kind of mathematically um 2012 six and ten 2013 um bud adams passes away um jake locker is put on ir that year and was replaced by uh fitz magic we went seven and nine missed the playoffs and then at the end of the season, um, Munchak was fired. So again, you kind of see the Titans not settling for this middle of the road. They don't want to be middle of the road anymore. They're, they're not. They want the playoffs, so they fire Munchak, um, and they bring in Ken Wisenhunt, um, who they think is a proven head coach. He's he's been to a Super Bowl before, um, and he had kind of turned around the Chargers' offense as the offensive coordinator the season prior. So 2014 begins Ken Wisenhunt's era. We go 2-14, and 14, our worst finish since 1994. 
again, Jake Locker battles injuries. It was just terrible. <laughs> he, uh, he ends up retiring at the end of that season. Um, and then, of course, last year, I mean, fresh in our memories, Aloha, y'all. Marcus Mariotti gets drafted. Um, still, our, our hopeful savior. Yeah, I mean, we went in with a lot of confidence. Not a lot of confidence, I would say, but a lot of optimism with Marcus. Um, kind of the whole... Which was not misplaced, by the way. Not misplaced optimism. Yeah, no, I optimism. mean... I mean, you can't be too excited after you went 2-14 and 14 the year before, but when you come in with a fresh quarterback and you kind of had... In that whole offseason, you kind of had the Marcus Mariota, um, Jameis Winston narrative. Um, and, I mean, they both had they both had really respectable first years. Obviously, neither of them got very many wins, but uh, they had quality quality moments. Um, went, started off 1-6. Titans decided to go ahead and pull the trigger early on Ken Wisenhunt. But, I mean, at week week 7, or I mean, week 8, I mean, you're not really going to hire a new head coach. Like, there's no there's nobody out there that's going to leave yeah. the team they're with to come and be your head coach for the next eight games. So you have uh, Malarkey who takes over as the interim. Uh, he wins his first game in overtime against the Saints in New Orleans, which was like, I mean, after going one and six to see him go on the road after taking over, he had a, he had a bye week to prepare, but he goes on the road and then wins in New Orleans against Drew Brees in overtime. So the Titans finished the game late. It was kind of like, whoa, wow, this is maybe maybe this team is legit and it was just it was whiz all along no 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 he uh he continues to lose after that um <laughs> finished the yeah se- i can see i i proceeded to have a, a mid-season ex- get excited yeah. because he won his first game in overtime and i was like this is it this is the savior we've been looking for it's all uphill hill hill blah, blah, hill from here boys and then proceeded to yeah. Win one one game for the rest of the season. So um, yeah, we go in three thirteen, and then I mean, obviously this season just started, um, but this season already, just as far as roster wise, just completely different from last year. I mean, if you think about like the off season moves that we've made, I mean, let's just go through a, a a couple of them. I mean, you you get rid of DGB, we cut Justin Hunter, we cut Sankey. Um, we cut Potosi. Being absolutely ruthless in training camp. We get we acquired Aaron Robinson. We acquired Demarco Murray in a trade where the Eagles pretty much gave us Demarco Murray, and we gave them some Gatorade and a sack of kicking tees. Like <laughs> we gave them nothing for Demarco Murray, um, and we got him for cheaper than what they were paying him. So th- I mean that is that was the deal of the off season for me. Was yeah, for I sure. mean you got a league leading rusher. For next to nothing. Um, John Robinson has come in since pretty much day one that he took the job over. I mean, I mean that DeMarco Murray move didn't come long after he had gotten the job. Um, so he's come in here and made moves. They said that they want to be an exotic smash mouth football team, which after, after getting DeMarco Murray and then going into the draft and taking Derrick Henry in the second round, who's pretty much a, a younger version of what DeMarco is, maybe a little bigger. Um, they kind of proved that this is the mold that they want to craft, and we're going to prove that running back lives matter. <laughs> um, uh, 
So John Robinson also spent most of the offseason getting rid of Rustin's dead weight. I mean, like we said, Justin Hunter, Bishop Sankey, DGB, Bleedy Ray Wilson, Patasi, all gone. Those were all guys that were on the team last year and that we spent high draft picks on. Hunter, Sankey, DGB, Bleedy Ray, Patasi, all second-round picks. Yeah, not even mention like, if you look at our draft picks from 2015 – we have half of them on the route roster still currently. Yeah, and I mean, we're about to kind of go through some of our, some of our team's problems, why it is that we can't make the playoffs, why it is that we've been in such a slump for the last however many years. Um, and I think that's one of them is just failed draft picks. Um, I, th- I mean, it's yet to be seen. We'll give them a couple years until we really know how well John Robinson is doing in the draft. But I think a lot of us were optimistic after this draft. But, I mean, as far as Rustin Rustin Webster is concerned, even going back to Mike Reinfeldt, this team is not good at drafting players that they hit on and develop and keep with the team. Even guys that we might hit on, they've left and gone elsewhere in certain uh, circumstances. I mean, at least he makes it entertaining, right? Like, at least on draft night, you're like, what is going to happen? What can we expect? But with uh, Rustin Webster, you just kind of knew, oh, I mean, we're going to take defensive player first round. and Yeah, I mean, he definitely keeps you on the edge of your seat for sure. Um, another thing is this team is really young right now. I mean, because we've gotten rid of so many of those guys, I mean – because of the huge overhaul in the roster, this team is very young. There's very few guys that are that have been in the league. And also, I mean, we've got veterans, but we have very few guys, I'll say this, that are, that are veterans in the league that have experience playing in a winning culture. I'll, I'll say it that way. I mean, Brian Arakpo, yeah, he's a veteran. I mean, we've got veteran guys, but there's not really anybody I look to that I'm like, that guy came from X place where winning was all they did. I mean, yeah. this team really has got to kind of learn how to win. Um, another issue is the GM head coach relationship. I think with Wiz and Rustin, it was very flawed. Um, so far, everything looks great with Malarkey and Robinson, but I think there's still a big question mark with Malarkey. Definitely not with Robinson. Robinson seems to be the guy for as long as he wants the job. Um, yeah. But I think fans in general were very, fans and the media both, were very skeptical of the Mike Malarkey hire because we didn't really even attempt to look elsewhere. I mean, he he, he won two games as the interim head coach, and we kind of just said, okay, here's the keys to the, well, I'm not going to call it Titans Corvette. <laughs> uh, here's the keys to the Ford Focus. Have fun. He's at the jalopy. Uh, but well, and, and honestly, right right now, I think the biggest issue is is our fan base. I mean, I know we're as critical as anybody gets, but we're so anxious to be good, and we're so anxious to have a team that's honestly worth rooting for that we kind of we kind of jump the gun a lot and we expect to be perfect right now. Yeah. And in actuality, it, it takes a couple of years to build a football team up to the point where it can be good. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say this, like I've, I mean, 
I've been that fan before. I've been the guy that says, I mean, especially when Wiz was around. I really didn't like yeah. Wiz from the get-go. Um, so I was really glad that we were quick to pull the trigger on him. And, and honestly, I'm still not that sold on Malarkey. I like Malarkey more, but I'm like he hasn't he hasn't really done anything in this league to make me think that he's going to be able to be successful as a head coach. Like I, I just think there were so many better options that we could have yeah. at the very least interviewed in the off season. And we, we didn't. So I was really upset with the way the ownership handled that whole process. But I mean, you, you got to go into it with an open mind. Like at least at, I say, at least give him the season. You have, I think you have to at least give him two or three seasons, honestly, as hard as yeah. that may be. I think Wisenhunt definitely was the wrong guy. He didn't He didn't mess with ownership. He didn't mess with Webster. He was the wrong guy. You had to pull the trigger quick there. But that can't be a that can't be a trend. That can't be, a, okay, yeah. we're going to give you one year, take this team to the playoffs. Like There's very few coaches that will be successful in doing that. Um, well, and it also doesn't help that we're – we're still licking our wounds from Wizenhunt. We're still, we still feel betrayed by the decision that was made. So we're still kind of apprehensive about buying into someone else at this point. Yeah, and I think so it's, we're still kind of skeptical. And I think it's especially weird for this fan base because I mean, when Jeff Fisher was here, he was the longest tenured head coach in the league. I mean, he went all the way back to the Oilers. And then when he left, like, we've just kind of been in this tailspin ever since. I mean, you had Munchak, and then you had Wiz, and then you had, now we're on Malark. Like, it's, like, it it hasn't been that long since Fisher was the head coach. Fisher left in 2010. We're on our third coach in five years. Like, that's not normal for any team in the league. Um, So I think we need some stability at the head coaching position. And I, I think Malarkey and Robinson have a good relationship, so if they can kind of put a team on the field that works, I think Malarkey might have a job for a while, but, I mean, that's still, like, we still have a lot of time to tell that. Um, but, yeah, this fan base, like you were saying, had, they have no patience. And, I mean, I mean, like I said, we've been in that category before, but, I mean, come on, like, we're running our own podcast right now holding a legitimate discussion on this team like we're obviously educated but there are fans of this team i seriously question the iq of this fan base sometimes <laughs> all i need you to do after a after a titan's loss is go onto twitter type in paul kaharsky's name and look at that man's mentions i don't know how he doesn't just actually i know he activated his twitter account. yeah i think if it wasn't for espn making him have a twitter account that he would he would go insane. And if you ever get in on his, him or Jim Wyatt's uh, Periscope sessions, like I'm just in awe of the lack of intelligence yeah. in those sessions. Like the questions well, and, that get asked, it's just and ridiculous. PKs are just hilarious because oh yeah, he's not afraid. To just he's just so somebody. fed up with it at this point that he just will he will nonchalantly just misdirect your question and be like, no, that's a stupid question. I'm not gonna answer. Yeah, that. I seriously yes, saw a guy tweeting him and some other Titans fans like a, a chain between a guy and another Titans fan in one of his mentions or whatever. He was tweeting Paul Kaharski but he kind of went on off on a side rail with another guy. And the guy was like yeah we need to fire Malarkey. After a week one loss we need to fire Mike Malarkey. And PK responded and was like yeah one week is sufficient. I'm like come on. <laughs> Jesus are you serious? Like yeah it was a, it was a bad game. But this, this fan in particular kept trying to pin the loss on Malarkey. 
somebody responded and was like, well, with that logic, Bruce Arians should be fired from the Cardinals too because they lost. And he was, and he was like, oh yeah, I mean, but at least Bruce Arians wins some games. Like Malarkey doesn't win anything. Like, well, you haven't even his bottle, his body of work is so small. How can you even say that? Like, and he was saying that he was the reason we lost this game. Mike Malarkey is not the reason we lost that game. I'll go out and say it. Marcus Mariota is the reason we lost that game. Those turnovers are the reason we lost the game. If he doesn't make those mistakes, I think we have a chance to win. I mean, like yep. I said, the defense gave up 12 points. Yep. Um, but um, enough about the problems. Let's kind of let's kind of try and circle back around. And if we were the guys calling the shots, what what exactly is it that is going to fix this team's issues? Um, kind of like we've been hinting at with this patience talk. I think time. Time essentially is what's going to heal this. I'll say wound, I guess. Um, we got to give Malarkey time. You got to give Robinson time. You got to give Mariota time. You got to give a lot of aspects of this team time to develop and time to gel. Um, so it's going to take patience, and I think over a course of time, this will get better. But it's going to be hard. Like that's a lot easier for me to just say than it is to be done yeah and they've got to they've got to put the work in and get better like this team is not good enough right now they have to get better um but i think with john robinson at the helm that he'll continue to add pieces and he's proven with the the way he's like traded off dgb in the middle of training camp that if you're not there to bust your ass week in a week out and try and get better and make this team better he is not afraid to cut you nobody nobody is safe he will cut anybody um, and that goes to my next point. Literally, the next person on my list for the solution was John Robinson. Um, what about what about you, Trey? Yeah, I mean, John Robinson's obviously. Well, I mean, as far as what we've seen so far, I mean, he looks to be an at least competent GM as opposed to uh, Rustin Webster. I mean, then we go and we look at our offense. I mean, we got to surround Marcus Mariota with some kind of talent. I mean, we've we have receivers changing every year almost. I mean, Kendall Wright is, was supposed to be our number one guy, and he had a couple years that he was halfway decent, but now he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Um, we're hoping to get... We're hoping that Tajay Sharp and uh, Rashard Mathis. Matthews. Matthews. I knew I was going to say it wrong. But um, we're hoping that they're obviously going to be better. Um, obviously, our running game is completely different than it was last year. I still remember being super excited about getting Bishop Sankey. And then just last year was just, just so terrible to the point where we were – we just said, you know what, we're just going to have you re- return uh, punts now. And then the first two he attempted, he fumbled both of them. And then we were just like, no, get out of here. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think a lot of fans really haven't noticed this just due to the fact that he was injured for the majority of last year. But we took David Cobb David Cobb in the second round last year, and he barely made this team. He barely made the 53-man roster. And, I mean, not to be honest – He's really just more of a special teams guy, honestly. I mean, he's not going to get any carries ahead of Derrick Henry. So this team is, I mean, pretty much, I mean, 
back-to-back-to-back years, we have taken a second-round pick on a running back. Um, but I think we finally found the one. I mean, you take a Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama, it's hard to screw it up. Um, Didn't uh, – did no, uh, Trent Richardson didn't win the Heisman. No, did he? he didn't. Shut up. Okay. Marking your mind. Because that was clearly a <laughs> failed running back. Yeah, Trent Richardson was awesome. Is he still in the NFL? Uh, no, I kind of I saw I saw something today on ESPN Snapchat story about Trent Richardson and about how um, he kind of let he kind of got taken advantage of by his friends and family financially. Like his friends and family were using his debit cards and stuff without him really even noticing. Dang, and he, they that's sp- crazy. They spent $1.65 million of his dollars. Are you serious? Yeah, he said like he never really looked at it, and he said when he kind of left the league or he was switching teams, he, he looked at some of his bank statements and was just like, where, where? he was like, I didn't spend this money. Like He had friends who would be using his debit card, like buying bottle service and stuff. He was like, I don't even drink. <laughs> So, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Man. I mean, if you listen to him, That's... like, he is a good guy, but he's definitely had a tough run, figuratively and literally. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, just to kind of wrap things up, um, I think the number one, number one thing, like, we've been harping on it is going to be time. I think this is going to be a very interesting season. I think there's, it's going to be kind of a roller coaster like game one was. I think there's going to be games where we look really good. Like we're kind of on the rise, and then there's going to be a couple other games again on the schedule where it looks like the second half of week one, where it's just a train wreck. Um, yeah. But I'm confident in at least one of the major pieces of this team. I, I'll say I'll, I'll say there's three. I mean, there's three heads of this team. You got the ownership, Amy Adams Strunk, GM John Robinson, head coach Mike Malarkey. Um, Honestly, I'm pretty confident in Amy Adams Strunk after the way she handled this offseason. I think she was a big question mark last year. She kind of hid in the shadows, and then this offseason she's done a better job of kind of coming out and being a little bit more public. Um, so I would say I'm very confident in her, very confident in John Robinson. Mike Malarkey is still a big if, but I'm going to keep an open mind, and we'll see where things go. Um, overall, I think that kind of wraps up tonight's discussion. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we will be back next week with a new topic, and hopefully we're going to be talking about a Titans win next week. Yeah, hopefully I'm, I'm going to say something about how crazy it was that we won by 67 points, but, you know, uh, that doesn't seem too likely. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be talking about that, but um, <laughs> hopefully it's at least a win. I mean, at least it's competitive. I don't know. We'll see this, but uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again next week uh thanks for listening guys done